Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the next newsletter on New Zealand Sport Radio, the show where a panel of football tragics discuss the latest, latest goings on and arguably the greatest football league in the world or at least Australasia, the Bunnings A-League. More specifically, we're here to break down the performances of the Wellington Phoenix, preview their next game, and give all of you watching and listening some views and opinions about the league and a Kiwi accent rather than an Aussie one. I'm Connor Clements, and I'm joined today by Dan Moskovitz, and we're going to be talking about our beloved Wellington Phoenix today. And our beloved Wellington Phoenix are in somewhat of a tight spot with a lot of injuries, a lot of players out. You'd have to say it's an injury crisis and also... A crisis of confidence we're not picking up points it's getting a bit worrying so we're going to have to really talk today about what we think we can do to get ourselves out of this bad spot out of this rut if you will and i know that we both have some pretty key points to to bring up about this especially in that central coast mariners game which we just played dan so let's get to that before we talk about our predicted lineups for the Western Sydney Wanderers game. Let's talk all about what we thought of our Central Coast Mariners game. And obviously, it wasn't much of a game after David Ball got himself sent off. Um, we've had a couple of red cards in the past few weeks that we haven't deserved. That red card, I think we definitely deserved. Uh, and the referee had no choice but to give David Ball a red card because he made it very obvious uh, with his studs-up challenge that, yeah, it was about to... It was, a, it was a foregone conclusion, really. He was going to be sent from the field. So, unfortunately, Ball will be now suspended for two games, which adds to our kind of crisis of, of players being out. And I think of that Central Coast game, yeah, you saw Devere go down with an injury as well. I mean, we had players left and right who were just absolutely giving everything because we had to. Uh, and I think that the main takeaway from that I can see is that we were battling. We didn't give up which was great. But at the same time, it's disappointing because I thought we could have got more if we had had 11 players on the field the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it was not a great game to watch. And I do agree we were battling. And there were like a couple of good signs in our early performance. I think Reno especially had a couple of good runs, but... 
for a player as as experienced as David Ball, you got to expect better. And it was a very dumb decision, to put it lightly. So, yeah, it's completely lost my train of thought. Dale, I'll just hand back to you. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's kind of inexplicable what David Ball did. And so I can understand you losing your train of thought there because you go into a game, you need your starting striker to really to, to give you that ability to counter and to give you the ability to have someone who's going to, I know David Ball isn't the best finisher, but he's an assister. He's someone who will work hard for the team. He sets up goals and having him on the pitch is actually crucial to the Phoenix because he does so much off the ball and he endeavors so much and that he's actually someone that we really need on the pitch. And so to have him go after 28, I think it was minutes uh, in such a silly manner is so frustrating. And I know that he's going to be frustrated as well with himself. Obviously he's just in a, in the heat of the moment made a really silly decision and jumped in with studs shown. Um, but as I said, the referee had, you know, no hesitation and he shouldn't uh, ball really, unfortunately that was basically the moment that turned the match for me. And I think up until that point, you were right. We'd seen flashes from um, Piscopo. He'd had moments of brilliance uh, we'd seen the team starting to kind of build on that. Obviously, Piscopo had been out with injury, so it was just getting him back into the squad, getting him back into the unit, and we needed a bit more time to kind of gel and get and and get together as a team and, and to have that kind of ability to start playing again. But unfortunately, that all went out the window, and after that, it was 60 minutes of just backs to the wall, defend, 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 wave after wave of attack. Uh, and Central Coast this season have been good, so to have that against Central Coast and to have ball sent off so early on is just such a nightmare because you've got 60 minutes of players just giving it absolutely everything, which is, it's great to see from a fan's perspective, but I mean, it led to the injuries that we saw uh, and the players, unfortunately, they, they kept going right to the final whistle, but I think a defeat was always going to happen despite the, uh, the late consolation goal. Yeah. And no, I, I, I hate to say I've told you so, but I did predict the two nil uh, loss last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think we'll get more into this when we start talking about the next game. But when Devere got went off injured, that's how yeah. two over thirties off. Like you, you're now looking at Stefan Marinovic as the oldest player in the pitch, and he's a keeper. There's Ulysses Davila, who's um, 29, that might might have gotten that wrong, and he's a captain, he'll always be leading. But after that, you're looking at Tim Payne, and I mean, for respect to Payne, he's a good player. But most of his, his experience hasn't been professional, and that dearth of experience really hurt us then, and will continue to hurt us because this is a very young team. Yeah, I mean it, it's a very young team. We don't have the uh, experience that we really need to get through games like these. And I mean, Western Sydney is going to be a big test because we've got a young, young team. You're right. And we've got players here who obviously wouldn't be starting because their, their position would be taken by these more experienced guys, these veterans of the league. And it's their time to step up. I mean, this is why they're on the squad because they need to, at these times deliver when the big players are out, they've got to come in and do their job. And I know that there's a couple of those players who, who will know that this is their big chance, especially with some of the players out three to four weeks some even six weeks, they need to be in there and ready to deliver. Uh, and especially, I mean, I talked about it being an injury crisis. I think this is at this moment in time, absolutely an injury crisis. So 
we are going to have these players in and about the squad for a, for a while now, and they need to be ready to step up for sure. So let's just, I mean, we've, we've kind of summed up the Central Coast Mariners game, as you said, 2-0, disappointing. So let's talk more about uh, the game coming up and what we think the sides will look like in that game uh, against Western Sydney Wanderers. So that game's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, or 8.10pm, sorry, with these strange uh, kickoffs that the A-League does. So I'm going to go with, I think I'd say Marinovic has to start because he's going to be, yeah, the most experienced player. I don't think they're going to bring in Sale uh, for this. So Yeah, 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 big call. Uh, I'm going to say McGarry, Tim Payne at centre-back, Hudson Weehongi as well alongside him because obviously Laws, although he's training with the team, I don't think he's going to be fit and ready to go just yet. I think he'll maybe come back against Melbourne Victory on Wednesday, uh, but we'll have to wait and see about that. And then Fenton on the right. Then, so replacing Tim Payne, obviously, because he's come across to the centre. Fenton goes to the right. Then I'm going to go with the 4-2-2-2 because I think that if he's going to go back to that, I know we've been playing a 4-2-3-1 recently, but I'm going to say he's going to go back to the 2-2. And because he's brought in a young striker who we haven't mentioned, Locker Lingoy, if he brings him in and he wants to start him straight away, this is what I think is going to happen. So Rufer and Devlin, the two CDMs. Then you've got Davila and Piscopo. And then up top, you've got Wayne and Locker Lingoy. That's how I think the Phoenix will set up. And I think Uffi trusts, with his time at Sydney, I think he trusts Lokalingoi to make an impact. Once again, I'm not sure if the impact he's going to make is going to be goals because he's not a striker who's proven in the A-League to score. I don't think he scored a goal in the A-League. Uh, however, he's been killing it at National Premier League level for in Australia. So he's been scoring goals for fun there. But the A-League, as we all know, is a bit of a step up from the, the National Premier League. So... It remains to be seen whether he can deliver. But I think Uffi saw enough of him at Sydney FC that he said, you know what, I think this can be the guy who comes in and makes a difference. With David Ball suspended, with Toma Hemed injured, he's saying, hey, look, these are these are two guys who are crucial to the team. They're both gone. David Ball for two games, Hemed for maybe three or four even with his injury. So we needed to bring someone in, and he's moved quickly. He's brought someone in. And I'm glad to see that. And now I think he goes straight into the starting eleven because, yeah, we need strikers. Mm. With Locker Lingoy, I may be sl- slightly more pensive about it because I mentioned this last week, and I think it's a fairly common feeling about among the Knicks fans is that we have Ben Wayne, ready-made striker from Inelfi. And now... Uh, Pre-Locolingo purchase, he was our main striker. And by main, I mean only, which is obviously concerning. So when I was thinking about what I was going to say in regards to Locolingo saying, what kept coming up to me was when Mark Rudan signed Ante Kovic uh, for a week when Stefan Marinovic was... Uh, sorry, not Stefan mm-hmm. Marinovic. Uh, Philip Curto was mm-hmm. injured back in 2018-19. And so what I would have loved to see happen was uh, Ufi maybe try and bring in someone quite experienced who can maybe be there to help guide Wayne when every, everything is falling onto his shoulders. But Lokalingoy, and I don't want to, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, attack Lokalingoy because I, I, there's no reason for me to do that just yet. We haven't seen him play. Mm. But he's 23. 
that doesn't give me an uh, experienced striker who can help out Wayne um, vibes, which is no. kind of what I was hoping for. Because, I, I mean, if you're not going to trust Ben Wayne now, when are you going to trust Ben Wayne? And I do think it's been concerning how Ben Wayne hasn't been given many minutes uh, so far this season. Mm. And so, look, I mean, what I really don't want us to come off as is an attack on local lingo, because that's not what this is. But I'm just pensive as to what this signing means for Ben Wayne. And then leading into my predicted uh, 11 from that, I think if he's going to stick with the 4 2 3 1, mm. um, purely because you have two strikers. I've, if Wayne or Lokalingoi, uh gets suspended or injured, then you're like probably trying to fit Reno Piscopo as a striker. Reno yep. Piscopo is not a striker. No. So, and neither is Davila, as we learned. Yeah, neither is Davila. So I think I think in terms of starting lineup, I think we're sticking with the four two three one. Maybe mm-hmm. probably not Uffi's uh what Uffi wants to do, but when you have two strikers, I think you it's kind of mandatory because you just can't risk it because sometimes in these uh, when you want to run a bad luck of entries, things just pile up. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, I entirely agree with you on the back line. Marunovic, Tiarafai, Hudson, Wahongi, Tim Payne, Louis Fenton, you have to start paying at centre-back because yeah. he's... I mean, I, I, I knocked a bit before, but he is our most um, experienced defender right now and we need experience more than we need anything else at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Then Devlin and Rufa, that's a given. But I think in the SL uh, uh, attacking midfield trio or wings and attacking midfield field trio, looking at Piscopo, Davila, Lewis. And then just because I don't think we've seen much confidence placed in Ben Wayne so far, I think Charles Lokalingo is going to go straight into the starting 11. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Interesting. You really think that Uffie's not, not really backing uh, Ben Wayne to start at all, which is tough. It's tough because as a, as a fan, you really want to see that, that player get a chance. And that's why I, I really, I sacrificed Lewis uh, out of my starting 11. So you would have seen that's the main difference I have uh, and cl- included Ben Wayne and Uh I think, the main reason I did that was because I th- I, I, did, I just regarded the fact that, you, you know, we could be really unlucky with injuries. And then if one of those guys goes down, obviously that's a big loss. And so we, we have to kind of switch automatically to the four two three one again, if that happens. But I think it's a risk worth taking, especially as I know that Uffi just loves that formation. But the main reason I said that was to get Wayne in, because I think that Wayne deserves a chance. Absolutely. Because he's been there. He needs it. Uh, this will also give Sutton a chance as well from from the bench, which is good. Uh, and so we'll have the likes of you know Matt Redenton, Clayton. Well, for me, Clayton Lewis and Sutton on the bench, and that would be fantastic to have all those Kiwi lads get a get a chance. And if you're an Aussie, you're looking at maybe McGing on the bench as well to get a chance off the bench potentially. But I think that he doesn't. He can't go into the starting lineup because the other guys around him are needed more. So Hudson Weehongi, a CDM who was converted, who who has been converted into a centre back. Tim Payne, a centre mid who's also been converted into a right back, but will be fine at centre back, and we know he will do a job there. So those two guys actually vastly experienced in the New Zealand ISPS under premiership before this. 
in in midfield roles, I think will be fine as center, as a center back pairing. I mean, I say fine, they'll be they'll be good. I'm not sure if they're going to have the same level that Devere and Taylor bought, obviously, because they brought a lot more uh, to the position with their experience. But I think that Payne and Hudson Weehongi will do a job there. I just would love to see, and I think it'd be really gutting if he does put Lokalingoy up top in a 4-2-3-1 by himself. I'd love to see Ben Wayne get a chance. Uh, and I know you would too, but you're saying that just because you think that Uffie's been a bit harsh on old Ben Wayne. Um, and I think the other the other point I wanted to make is that although Lokalingoy is not experienced uh, as as you would, I mean, he's, he's 20, 20 something, 23, he's young. I think that the kind of, the, the reason we went out and got him was just because we have no experience left because of injuries. And so we needed someone to fill that role. And I think that it makes sense to put him and Ben Wayne up top together, because I think having one of them up top leading the line by themselves is going to be too much of an ask. So having each other to rely on is something that I'd want to see. Like, And I know that that puts us at risk of another injury, but I think I'd rather have those two up top as a as a kind of they can feed off each other and they can, i know it'll be like probably their first like interaction uh, apart from like maybe two training sessions but i think that having each other up top and having a, a like a pivot someone to pivot off or someone to work off will help ben wayne and it will help lokalingoy as well because i don't think they're really ready to lead the line by themselves just yet that that would be my main kind of rebuttal to your four two three one suggestion I mean, to be honest, I, I, I hope we go for the four-two-two-two purely because we're in a bad run of luck, and the four-two-three-one with our most, with our uh, best and most experienced players in the squad, we haven't been getting results in, and mm. I think it's about time Uffy tries to change things up. But that being said, I still hold the view that I just don't think I just. Don't know if that there would be a risk I'd be willing to take to have another player injured. Although it's in a game like if if Lokalingoy or Wayne were to injure themselves, you revert back to the four two three one for um the victory game on Wednesday, and then David Ball's back inside and you can play and you can go back to the four two two two, albeit again with the fear of possibly not having any other strikers to come in and play yeah yeah no that's that's the main thing and i I think that's the main kind of point between both of us whether if he goes okay i don't want to risk it i'm going to play the 4-2-3-1 or whether he goes you know what i've got two strikers now i'm going to risk it they're both young the chances of them getting injured are lower i'm just going to go for it and say like let's play that 4-2-2-2 that he loves so much uh I think he's going to go for that one. You think he's going to go for the, the safer option. It remains to be seen. Everyone tune in, obviously, tomorrow night and have a look to see what happens, whether we do play the 4-2-3-1, if he starts Ben Wayne, if he starts Charles Locker-Lingoy. Um, yeah, it, it remains to be seen. And if the, maybe they both get a start, maybe he goes with the two young strikers up top playing off each other like I suggested, and, uh, and maybe they get a chance. So, yeah, I'll be really interested to see what happens there. Looking forward to... Phoenix games, even though we do have this injury crisis. I'll just read them out for you, just so you know who we have injured. Uh, Devere, Laws, Soterio, Hemid, and Suspended is Ball. So those are all the the uh, experienced guys in the team, all gone. 
Uh, so it's a very young team, obviously the oldest, Marinovic and Davila, and then everyone else is in their 20s, uh, and then some of them are even in their late teens. So very, very excited to see how this young team can go. And this is the opportunity for them to take with both hands and really say to Uffi, like, hey, look, I'm ready for this spot. I'm ready for the A-League, and I'm ready to take my chance. And and if Ben Wayne was perhaps to bag a goal or two, if Lokalingoi comes in and gets a goal or two, who knows, maybe we'll be singing their praises come the season end. It's just a massive chance for these guys. That's the way I think we have to look at it, is that it's we'll take the positives from this and say the youth are going to have a moment to shine, and the experienced guys will have to obviously take their that they'll have to take their rest and, and take a step away from the spotlight for a moment to give these young guys a chance to, to shine. And I hope that they can shine and I hope we don't get embarrassed because that would be gutting. <laughs> so I hope these guys really do have a good game uh, against Western Sydney Wanderers. And I'm glad it's against a team like Western Sydney Wanderers with Melbourne victory to come up because I think that those are both winnable games. Uh, if it had been against the likes of a Sydney FC or even the Central Coast Mariners this season who've been a completely different beast, and much respect to them and their organisation for, for turning their form around after such shocking years. Uh, yeah, I think it would be a, a different story. So let's hope that these guys can go out and put together a performance that they can be proud of. Um, I and mean, I'm just... Oh, yeah, no, no you, you go ahead, Dan. Yeah, and just in case you missed the news, uh, Cam Devlin is back in the squad and match fit uh, for yes. this week. So which is small crucial. amount of good news. Yeah, crucial. Yeah, and Laws is trained again as well, which is which is another spot of good use, although he probably won't be fit in time for this match. But having Cammy Devlin back is massive. I mean, he's been so crucial to the way Uffie likes to play. He's such a dynamo in midfield. He does so much running, uh, and we really did miss him last week, especially after the sending off. You could see it. Everyone was just knackered. Uh, and having Redenton to come on off the bench is good. And having, uh, if, if they go with my lineup, if, if he does choose to leave Lewis on the bench, I think he's a great player. And it's definitely no slight to him that I've, I've put him on the bench. It's just the way that I saw it going. I think Piscopo and Davila can offer more creatively. But I think Lewis coming in off the bench, and even if it was him to start and Piscopo coming off the bench, they both offer so much that I'd be happy if either of them started, to be honest, because I, I think that we do have that depth now and those younger players to come on and, and make, a, make a dent in the game. And also Sutton as well. I'd love to see him get some minutes off the bench too now that we have all these injuries. <laughs> what my mind keeps uh, coming back to mm-hmm. um, when I think about an injury crisis is uh, Manchester United in the 2015-16 season. So mm. for those that don't know, I'm normally a United fan. I don't really follow the Premier League as much as I used to, but that season, United just got decked with injury after injury after injury. But that was a season where Marcus Rashford got his chance and uh, it just hasn't looked back since. So, you know, maybe Ben Wayne or Sam Sutton can be uh, our new Marcus Rashford. How good would Um, that be? What a story. That would be beautiful. Um, but <laughs> Manchester United that season had the advantage of being able to dip into the academy uh, quite readily, which is probably, I think, the harshest was, uh, part of all this is that this is a golden chance for the academy boys to get there, to, to take an opportunity with both hands and lay a claim to a place in the first team. And if they want to do that, they have to spend two weeks in quarantine, after which maybe everyone's back and ready to play. So it's 
I think honestly, the the Weenix are probably who I feel most sorry for in this whole shebang because this this should have been their moment, really. Yeah, no, it, it should have been, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see whether uh, they do eventually li- like lift the quarantine, and so those players can have their chance to go up into that. Yeah, fingers crossed that they have their chance to go up and play in that first team, especially when we have all these injuries. But as, as you say, at this moment, it's kind of all shut down. Those players can't go across. So we won't be able to bolster our squad with any of those, any of those players. And obviously it's tough for those players who are injured as well, because they can't go home and, and get treatment with people. They know they have to go out to these physios in Australia, who I'm sure will do a great job, but it's just, it's different. It's definitely different. And just brings you back to that whole thing of like playing away from home. It's a very kind of tough experience. So hats off to all those players, especially those ones who are injured and having to rehab in a hotel. <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. So, yeah, much respect to them. Uh, moving on, I, I don't think we have uh, much trivia. Dan, do you have any hidden away, any trivia hidden away up your sleeve? I do. I didn't put them in the dock this week. Um, so nice. my, my first question is actually a two-parter because the original Ooh. question I came up with, I thought was too hard. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and the second question, which I came up to replace that, I thought was too easy. So I'm okay. just, so we'll see how this goes. So right. who was our opponent the last time the Phoenix played at Westpac Stadium? Oh, wow. Who was our opponent? All right, people watching and listening, make sure that you uh, you get your guesses in as well. I'm just pausing just for those who, re- who watch the recording as well, see if they can guess it before me. Who was our last opponent at Westpac? I'm going to say Melbourne City. Very close victory. Ah, the victory. Okay. Mm. Right. 3-0 it. win. It was a great game. As in, mm. I remember, that was back when I was in press conference. And it was really hard for both Carlos Salvatore and Ufukatale because when all the journalists went down to the press gallery, uh, there was right as Australia announced a quarantine for anyone coming uh. into the nation. Yeah. So like, th- there were no questions about the football. Um, all right, bonus round. Who was the last player to score for the Phoenix at Westpac? So in that 3-0 win, who scored? Ah, interesting. Just, oh, just who was the last one to score? Uh, who was the last one to score? Hmm. Man, how long ago was that, eh? That's crazy thinking about been nearly a year since we were at Westpac right? yeah it's I miss A-League football yeah time. yeah and it's funny that we still call it Westpac as well even though it's changed to Sky Stadium crap I didn't even realise yeah no, no Sky it's Stadium like, it is one of those things though you're just so used to it and then, and we always say like just call it the cake tin or the ring of fire or whatever um you know what I'm, I'm blanking on this but I'm just going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say ball. Good job. Yeah, nice. I'll take you, go. you got the, you got the one which I was worrying. To, you didn't get the one I was worrying which was too easy, but you got the one which I thought was too hard. Nice. Yeah. No, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. I've got a trivia question for you. Just one this time, and you would have seen it in the docs, so you may have had a chance to research, but I think you'll know it anyway, and I think most people will anyway. What international team is former Wellington Phoenix player Paul Eiffel now coaching? Okay, so I didn't do research. I've been relying on, on my memory. Yeah. I really hope I don't get this wrong because it'll be embarrassing. But is it the Solomon Islands? 
Oh, no, it's incorrect. It's not the Solomon Islands. And I tell you what, uh, it's funny. I've just, I put you on the big screen in the hot seat, actually, for that one. That was quite fun. Um, but actually, he's going to be coaching Samoa Woman. Oh. That's the team that he's going to be coaching. So Paul Eiffel, if you didn't know, he's had a big history with the women's game here. Uh, he founded his Paul Eiffel Academy in the Wairarapa, took it across to Tasman, uh, was doing all sorts of work with both men and women uh, or youth youth teams, so girls and boys. And then he was working with the uh, Wairarapa women's first team. And then he, and he was also helping out with their reserves, actually, which is which is awesome. And now he's, uh, yeah, he's going to coach the Samoa women's team. So congratulations to Paul Eiffel. And, uh, yeah, the, I'm sure the Samoa women's team will be better for it because, yeah, he's a fantastic coach and great player, obviously, when he was playing for the Phoenix. We loved him. Uh, that is and, embarrassing. Uh, I am mate, annoyed about that. I tell you what, it was uh, it was good. I'm glad you didn't do any, any, any research because it meant that I, I stumped you, so I'm happy about that. We've got a question come through as well, so we'll, we'll answer this from Simon Hughes. In the future, do you think the Wellington Phoenix should move to a smaller stadium in Wellington? So after all our Westpac slash Sky Stadium chat, yes, I would absolutely love them to move to a smaller stadium, Simon. I think that Westpac slash Sky Stadium, the cake tin, ring of fire, is too big. And I've never, in terms of when it packs out, I love it. It's a beautiful stadium. It's fantastic. Uh, you can't have any better. However, whenever there's a smaller crowd, maybe 11, 12,000 people, even less sometimes we get for the Phoenix, unfortunately, maybe six, 7,000 people, it just becomes a cavernous atmosphere where you don't really feel close to the players. You feel like you're removed from the action. It's not as fun. On those nights when there's 30,000 people in there, I, I 100% would have football in there every time of the week but we don't have enough people in there to really justify that. So I think moving to a smaller boutique stadium is ideal. I think we should get maybe 15,000, have it in a nice square, like a football stadium should be, have it right up close, the, the fans are right up close to the pitch, and it would be amazing. It would be electric. The atmosphere would be increased tenfold. I think that would be so much better. So for me, Simon, I think that we should definitely have a smaller stadium that the Phoenix move to in the future. Dan. I mean, yes, but I remember back when I was uh, writing for the football sack, um, I, I was told to write an opinion article and I wrote an entire opinion article saying we should move. Mm. And like when I was editing it, I came to the conclusion, hang on, where? That's and so I didn't issue. end up publishing that. Yeah. I wrote an entirely different article and, and that sucked. But I would love nothing more for the next to be in a boutique stadium. But, and I mean, we, we've seen this in the A-League a lot and it's been beautiful, but where do you put them? Like only one um, which comes to mind is a hut recreational ground, but that has a problem of being in the hut and not in Wellington. And Wellington, unfortunately, is about the hilliest place on earth. <laughs> so I, I just don't know where you'd put... Um, the standing. So, like, if we could, it'd be ideal. But I don't know where you'd put it. I don't know how we'd get the money for it because I don't know. Um, I can't imagine the council being very keen to splurge who knows how much uh, money on a football-based stadium for in a country which is treats football third best. Yeah, it's, I think unless... 
Gareth Morgan and other owners uh, of Wellnix suddenly find a cool gazillion dollars in their pocket <laughs> that they want to invest in the Phoenix. Uh, I just, I, I think, I think we're sticking uh, in the ring of fire for, at the very least, the medium term. How good would it be though, like to to, to have that football only kind of stadium where you just have the Phoenix all the time? It would be so good. It would be fantastic. And I mean, I would love to see that article that you wrote suggesting we move because I know you said you didn't publish it. So I think maybe that could be something that we release on Total Football NZ uh, because I'd, I, yeah, I'm always interested like as a kind of hypothetical, like, hey, what if the Phoenix did move? Like, look at all these benefits. Look at what we could enjoy. Because uh, I know that the question is always where to? Where to? Where do we go? And I think that Fraser Park, that hut recreation area that you suggested, could definitely be it. Unfortunately, there's just too many other teams who use it, uh, like baseball. Uh, there's a baseball diamond there. There's, uh, I think, rugby league was playing there at one point. But if they all moved somewhere else, you could really redevelop that space. And I think the Phoenix are going in that direction because they've really taken over that whole area. You could really develop that space so that you have that artificial turf, but then you build a stadium over by where those grounds are at the moment and you turn that whole area like Fraser Park, one, two, three, four, five, into a into a nice stadium, because at the moment, I mean, those pitches, like to be honest, I would not be fussed at all about them disappearing, <laughs> because I don't like them, um, and I would love to just have a beautiful stadium in that air, in space instead. So you'd have the the artificial turf where the reserves would play, and then you would have the stadium right there, and you'd have more pitches if you took away that baseball diamond, you took away that old decrepit stand there at Fraser Park that's been there, I think, back from rugby league days. You took that away, you built more pitches there, you could have a really beautiful venue. And then the other thing that you'd have to think about would be lots of car parks because you're going to have people driving away from Wellington and you'll have people as well. I think the train goes relatively close there, so you'll have people walking in from the train station. But I think that could work. I'd say Fraser and Fraser Park makes sense. They're building facilities there as we speak. Why not just up it and make it a stadium? Money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the main thing. And and also, if we can't, if we're not going to stay in the A League, then like if the A League folds, which p- people have been saying for years that the doomsayers have been going, oh, the league might not be around for much longer. You know, the, the deals are falling through and people aren't happy with the FFA and there's always rumblings about the league not being, you know, sustainable. So maybe that's the, the main drawback. But I think that in the long run, if we want football to be a success and we want football to continue to be built in this country as something that our, our young players can go through and actually earn a living and, and play, we need to establish some sort of professional game here. Like we need to have some sort of league where we can feed into other leagues with players that are already professionals. And I think that at the moment, we're just having one professional club isn't enough. We need to expand. And I, I, as a football fan, I'm always going to say that. And I know that there'll be many people going like, well, no, like, you know, most of the country disagrees with you. We don't want to see that. But I think having a stadium that is the New Zealand football stadium that isn't North Shore would be great because at the moment, North Shore isn't, it's not, not the stadium we need. I think the stadium we need is, should be somewhere in Wellington. And having a stadium in Lower Hutt that is the New Zealand football stadium would be fantastic. Or having two even, like having North Shore, but also having a stadium in, in um, Fraser, at Fraser Park. 
I think would work. It's just you're right, the money. Where where do we yeah. find that? Yeah, I like you. I love nothing more to see uh, Phoenix. Uh, well, just not maybe not even Phoenix, just a professional league, New Zealand. And I mean, my source here is Wikipedia, but I do remember reading about football in New Zealand and it being the most popular sport amongst uh, young people. So, you know, maybe there's a smidgen of hope that New Zealand could one day support um, a, a professional league. Grasping at straws here, but I, that, that, that's the life of a Phoenix fan to grasp at straws. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what we, what you touched on there is that, uh, Auckland's addition to the A-League, which I think may be something we discuss more in, in another episode, but yeah, it's one football club is not enough. And with the league now in the hands of the clubs, I don't think anyone would object if Auckland's people have the will and the cash, I think they'll be shoo-ins to get into the A-League next time we have a round of expansion because it is the most untapped market. Uh, that that sense doesn't make sense. The biggest <laughs> untapped uh, market in yeah. Australasia. And yeah, you've got the Knights and uh, the Kings, but it's <laughs> been a very, a very long time since the uh, Knights were around. And... I think it's about time we give Auckland another go and we should definitely discuss uh, an Auckland addition to the, to the A-League uh, more in another episode. Yeah, I, I think we can discuss that and also promotion relegation, but thank you for that question, Simon. You've got us all uh, on these topics of talking about how we think the league could be better and, and bigger and grander, uh, which is always nice. And if the Wellington Phoenix were to have their own stadium, their special stadium, uh, built for them, so we didn't have to share with, for example, the Hurricanes. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic, um, and yeah, it, it would mean that rugby could go like just have a, their own stadium, cricket could have their own stadium, and we'd have our own stadium for football. So that would be great. There'd be less ground sharing. There'd be more people watching, I'm sure, and it would be a better atmosphere for everyone involved because we all know that when we only get seven or eight thousand to the Cape Town, it just doesn't have the same energy as a as a small stadium would if you could spread you know eight thousand around a fifteen thousand seater ground it would still absolutely bounce on those on those weeknights and those weekends when we play so i hope that that is the future of the of the phoenix and i hope that the the money can come through but for now we just have to wait and see whether we ever will be back in sky stadium or whether we'll have to just keep playing and will have gone for a long time uh yeah it remains to be seen with this whole quarantine thing and as dan said with his trivia trivia questions we do miss our football being played at home in new zealand and we hope that it comes back very very soon we'll take whatever we can get and whether it's played at a boutique stadium or in the uh, sky stadium it doesn't matter we just want to see them play at home all right thank you for joining the show you can catch up on all the a-league results every morning at 7 a.m with the morning sports briefing and you can get your weekly phoenix fix at 9 a.m next saturday don't forget to go whack new zealand sports radio a few dollars on patreon if you can it increases our motivation to be back here each week and results in higher production quality but for now i'm connor clements and i've been joined today by dan moskovitz thank you very much for watching the next newsletter normally being a little extra can be a bit much 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.